When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Good Friday morning to you. It is July 14th, 2023. It's time for your weekend edition going in. Well, I guess we're almost in the weekend. It's going to be the weekend soon. But anyway, it's in the weeds here on Fightful Overbooked. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern. We have a very good show for you tonight, this morning, afternoon. My brain is frazzled. So clearly, I got nothing left to give. Jeremy Lambert's here. How you doing, Jeremy? I hope you got something to give Joel. We got two hours of a, a show to get to. It's a big show, by the way. For some reason, not Paul White, but for some reason, we're just letting Detroit Red Wings players on this show. Not even fit. Like the actual players are just allowed to be on this show all look, of a sudden. What is look? What is here. this? We owe it to fans of all places, cultures creeds and beliefs to have the very best guests that we can have on this program so when impact wrestling decided that darren mccarty should be the special guest enforcer on saturday slammiversary show for one of their big matches and then not only that mccarty's going to step into the ring the next night with Tommy Dreamer as his tag partner to take on Champagne Singh and Shira. We, you got to talk to those people, Jeremy Lambert. Those people are very important to the wrestling world. Doesn't matter where they came from. And when, like I said, on the internet, when Kel McCarr joins AEW, faces Cole Carter, then we'll have Kel McCarr on the show. How's that? And could you imagine if we got Kel McCarr on this show? You'd have to do the whole interview. I'd just be like fawning over him the entire time. <laughs> You'd be like uh, Donald Glover on... Uh, <laughs> uh, damn Community. it! I, yeah, I, I did it again. <laughs> yeah, you'll just be staring daggers at the wall. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, just could not get a word out or anything. Just looking, Kel McCarr, beautiful man, by the way, uh, and a very talented and and skilled hockey player, and arguably the best defenseman. Not not arguably on my book, uh, the best defenseman in the league. Yeah, I am. He's too good for to do some wrestling stuff. I don't know if Kel McCarr is a wrestling fan. It'd be great if he was. It'd be awesome. Uh, Darren McCarty, you could see that transition. Like he was a tough guy in the NHL, right? That that was his role. Him guys like Marty McSorley. If Marty McSorley ended up being, uh, you know, a, a big time wrestling person, I could I could see that. Even Claude Lemieux 
to an extent. I, I could see that. Kale is that's a that's a finesse skill player. I don't know if he's getting his uh, knuckles dirty. I could see McKinnon doing it. McKinnon's got a mean streak. He's throwing helmets at people and stuff like that. McKinnon's got a little bit of a mean streak to him. I can maybe see that. But Kale, he's too pure. Too, too pure of a man to be in the world of professional wrestling. I feel like one of the questions you're going to ask Darren is which other NHLers would make it as wrestlers? I'm going to ask him that. I'll ask him that. I'm going to, I'm going to tell him that I did not like him as, as a kid. I, I, my, my wife is very concerned for this interview. She, she is like, you're going to get yourself into trouble. You're going to get a, a hockey player coming after you and this is not going to end well for you i already know you're going to try to get me beat up which is fair i try to get you beat up by all the wrestlers so it's only right that you try to get me beat up by a hockey player the the difference between us joel is that i know this is coming and i'm i'm accepting that this that this is coming like i'm i got i got the jersey on i got the peter forsberg is the goat in the title, in the headline there. I'm I'm egging this on. I'm but here's the thing, Joel. Here's the thing. I'm gonna get him, I'm gonna get him five minutes for I'm not gonna get the instigator penalty. I'm gonna get him five for fighting, not the band, and I'm only gonna get the two. Because I'm gonna egg him on and act like all oh, he's gonna drop the gloves and he's gonna be ready to go. And I'm still gonna have the gloves on. Gloves are still gonna be on for me. And you know in hockey when this happens, it's like the guy who like drops the gloves and is like throwing and stuff, they get the five, they get kicked out of the game. The guy who might be like baiting and stuff, they only they still got but they keep the gloves on, they don't throw those punches. Two minutes. I'm gonna get the two minute penalty. I'm getting Darren kicked out of the game. Well, don't get kicked out of our game and instead leave a thumbs up while you're here. I'm five full overbooked and uh, leave a sub because guess what? We're on our way to a big milestone as well. We are also going to get to 100,000 subscribers someday. Stop laughing. It could happen. Anything could happen, Jeremy Labor. Anything. Uh, if you haven't figured it out yet, Darren McCarty, former uh, Red Wings enforcer, is going to be joining us at 10.15 a.m. So in about uh, eight minutes' time, if you're watching us live here on Fightful Overbooked, very excited for that. And if you want to support us here on Fightful Overbooked, beyond the ways I mentioned, you can also send us a super chat. It's that little dollar sign on the bottom of your screen here in the chat on youtube.com slash Fightful overbooked. Ryan Lambert gets us started saying, sadly, I can't stay. Y'all have a lovely weekend. I hope you have a wonderful weekend, Ryan. I hope we all have a fun weekend ahead. It's a busy weekend, Jeremy. You've got SmackDown tonight. You have AEW Collision. You have AEW Battle of the Belts right after that. It's the first time AEW is doing three full live hours of TV. Uh, you've got, uh, for the, the Lucha Libre enthusiasts, you have Triple Mania from Triple A in Tijuana. Uh, that that sounded worse than it was supposed to. And uh, you've got Impact Wrestling Slam Anniversary on Saturday as well. Saturday night alone is going to be all right for fighting. Saturday is a is a big night. Uh, I, I look forward to it mostly. It's it'll be good. The Slam Anniversary looks good. There's some matches I'm looking forward to. Some I could kind of give take 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 away. Um, collision. Collision's going to be, it's been wrestling heavy. This looks like it's most wrestling heavy. I imagine Punk and Starks will get a lot of time. Uh, I imagine Ruby against either Athena or Willow will get a lot of time. And then that tag title match is 
it's two out of three falls. You know, they got 30 minutes last week in a regular match. Like they might, they legitimately might push 45, 50 minutes in this match. So it's going to be a very wrestling heavy show on, uh, on collision. Originally, I thought that that tag match was going to be part of Battle of the Belts, but clearly not. And uh, it'd be the whole Battle of the Belts. Do we need to? Can we spoil the Battle of the Belts? Do people care that much about Battle of the Belts? Okay, I mean, so I'll preface this with uh, everything. uh, Everything for Battle of the Belts that wasn't the TNT title match basically got set up on the tapings for Rampage. So with with what is effectively twenty four hours notice. That is how we're setting up Battle of the Belts. So, uh, if anything, yeah. if anything, they should be thankful that we're spoiling it right now because we're giving it more promotion. That's because technically they would not be promoting this thing until 10, 10 o'clock, ten thirty at night when Rampage airs, and we're telling you what the card is right now. So, I think we should be allowed to say what's on Battle of the Belts. If you don't want to know, that mute do this or, or something. Well, I mean, if you're wearing headphones, maybe don't do this and cover your yeah, ears. It'll, just it'll, make get you it louder. Louder. it'll get you a little bit louder. If you're wearing headphones, um, just take them off. Uh, yeah, don't don't listen. But but don't tune out because we, we need the viewership really bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so Battle of the Belts. They announced Luchasaurus and uh, for defending the TNT title against Sean Spears. That actually had like, you know, a week of a setup because Spears is on collision the other week and, and kind of challenged him. The other matches, we got Lance Archer, who he's, he's on TV sometimes, I think. Again, back from Japan. Yeah. He's, he's going to face Orange Cassidy for the international championship. And I know Orange Cassidy has the open challenge gimmick. That's fine. Like, okay, sure. But then we got Tony Storm and Ty of Valkyrie for the women's title. And like, I get it. It's in Canada. Have Taya there again. She still should have been part of the uh, Owen tournament in my mind. But man, she just lost like three TBS title matches. And now she just gets a women's title match. Like, And she's a heel. I don't care that you're in Canada. Keep it up. Is she? She's supposed to be. After the whole thing, a- she effectively turned heel. She was beating people up and saying, I'm better than everyone. Oh, I guess. I just thought of her like, I thought of her against Jade because she was a baby face during that. But yeah, I guess. It's just not good, right? No, like it's not. It's a really bad call. When I read it, I was sitting there just looking and reading. And I'm like, why? Why to everything on this card? I mean, it's clear as day that Battle of the Belts is not of any importance. Uh, if they if they change that international championship and give it to Lance Archer after everything that they've built for Orange Cassidy in that championship, I will have questions, Jeremy. I, so many questions. I don't think they are. I don't think they're they're going that route because here's the thing. I think they, whether subconsciously or not, they realize Battle of the Belts ain't much of anything. It, and it hasn't been, if we're being honest about things. The time slot hasn't been consistent. Sometimes it's on after Rampage. Uh, sometimes it's on before Rampage. Like it, nothing's been consistent with, with Battle of the Belts. There's only been, and I tweet this after every single Battle of the Belts because it kind of pops in at this point. There's only been two title changes 
we're at seven Battle of the Belts now. There's been a title shot, or there's been a title match on every single card. There's been like three title matches, every single Battle of the Belts. There's only been two. Sammy and Sammy. He won the uh, the the vacant interim whatever when he beat Dustin because Cody wasn't there. And then I think he beat like Scorpio on the show. It's all, oh, oh man, oh Joel, I'm about to get beat up. This so there's only been there's only been two uh title title changes on Battle of the Belts the entire time. So that that's that's what this show is about. Do you want to introduce the man who's probably Nah, you gotta do it. You gotta do it, Joel. I'm ready though. Let's I'm I'm here. I'm, You're gonna put him up. You're gonna put him up. I got you know, we got the, the 2022 Stanley Cup champion hat as well. I'm here. <laughs> You're asking for it. Oh, man. This Saturday night, this man is the special guest enforcer for a match between Bully Ray and Diener and Scott Demore and a mystery partner. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Former NHLer, the enforcer, the man, Big Mac himself from the Detroit Red Wings, Darren McCarty joins us now on the show. Listen. Jeremy, now I realize, you know, why everybody hates you. But I mean, no, it's no, no. But in all honesty, you're you're rocking a Forsberg and a Forsberg. Oh, see, look at that, my guy. Fopa's got. Oh, there we go. (laughs) Sorry. I mean that that was that's my people blowing up my stuff. Do you believe that Jeremy's wearing and dissing you like that? So the dis, you heard that the discard just went up, and I'm telling him to relax. Um, because here it's just like at the end of the day, it's okay, dude. I got three, you got two, we won. I mean, that's how we keep track, but yeah, no, a lot of props. And I tell everybody my Peter Forsberg story. I hit Peter Forsberg. He's carrying the puck through the neutral zone and I hit him with his head down, knocked the wind out of both of us. I mean, he was a solid, he used to do the, uh, Datsuki in reverse shoulder before. Oh, that. I got no props. I got I got no bad blood with Colorado. Just go to Unrivaled ESPN. You can see all the, you know, DarrenMcCarty.com. You can see all that past. Instead, I got better. I got bigger things. You know, I got dr- drug into. This is what happens when you're from the Windsor area, Essex County, and you're asked to sort of commandeer something that's way bigger than me. Like, I'm just... I, I'm just gonna be there, right? I'm and as the guest referee, I got no dog in this fight, as we've heard all over social media and all over busted open or wherever you know we listen to like what's it saying? This is personal between Demore and Bully over we've watched it on our televisions over you know six months. Now the Coney Cody Deaner stuff uh is real too. That goes back to TNA. So I'm just there because I guess I know a little bit about rivalries and being in when the fire gets a little hot. So I think, guys, the big question is last like, does anybody speculate on who Scott Demore's partner is? Because because if it's if it's who I guess that it is, it's gonna be fireworks galore. We're just let's just say we're we're bringing the. Essex County, Kent County, Southern Ontario vibes to your living room. So before we before we recklessly speculate on who that's going to be, and we will get to that, uh, this really all started. I mean, your your wrestling career has been for a few years, but this stuff with Impact 
really kicked off at Impact Sacrifice back in March. How did that whole thing come together? How did you find yourself uh, beyond the barricaded impact? Minding my own business. As I <laughs> usually am, guys, I'm not a wrestler. I don't want to do it, but I will. And it's just because I was sitting there with my buddies enjoying um, enjoying it. And then, by the way, my buddy Ray, Bully still owes him a beer because he took his beer and decided to, to wash me with it and face wash me with it. So... I don't know. I'm Canadian, so we got something about doing that in front of, you know, in our hometown. And I, I didn't think I'd get away with it. I didn't think he was man enough to let me in the ring. So how many people can say that they've got to slap Bully Ray upside the head a few times? Now, I did go through a table. Um, that's, you know, Robin's racing, as they say in, the, uh, in, in NASCAR. So, I mean, like, if you know anything about me, you're going to get me like that's the inevitable, but I'm going to get you too. So I'm going to get mine in. And so I'll be smarter than that. Bully Ray's like Claude Lemieux to me, right? <laughs> when you're on the ice or in the ring, don't turn your back or you're an idiot. Right. We know. So, I mean, it is what it is. So I, Hey, put it this way. I've been through, put through a, a lot more tables in front of a lot less people. <laughs> I, you mentioned you mentioned that you're not a wrestler, but you will be wrestling on. They've, they've announced this uh, in two weeks on Impact, and then you also do some stuff with ICW No Holds Barred. So, like, you you are wrestling, Darren. No, I'm not. A, I'm not a wrestler, but I will do it. Right, where I will get in there and do it. And but I got a band, and I'm not a musician, and I do comedy, and I'm not a comedian. I'm an entertainer, so I'll get in there and entertain. Any, any way I can, but no, I, and I think the number one thing guys, and, and I appreciate you, you know, coming on, I'm a big fan of Fightful and what you guys do. And, um, you know, even because as Jeremy love what you love, right. Love who you I love. My, I'm a storyline guy, right? So it's, I don't have to like it, but it's got to make sense. You know, if I can put the pieces together. So, um, yeah, I'm around it enough. Um, my son, the, the lovable psychopath, uh, Tommy Vendetta, who people on the independent scene and if you follow ICW and stuff, making a name for himself, be out, out and about there. So he's he's gotten, he's out west with Circle Six and stuff this weekend. So, I mean, I end up by myself and I end up guest refereeing. So I've been in the ring. I do that stuff. Uh, uh, but again, I guess, Jeremy, my point and Josh, or Joel is the fact that I don't want to, but I will. <laughs> I get it. I really and now, and now, yeah. But but here's the whole thing, right? You're talking about getting in the ring and uh, Raj Singh and his partner. But I got Tommy Dreamer. So whenever I feel like, look at whenever I'm I'm old enough, I'm grateful enough that Tommy Dreamer, good or whether that's good or bad, you know, as a friend, so I can lean on him. I know that. You know, my some of my other friends go, you know, he goes, Tommy doesn't win. And I'm like, I know, but he survives. And I'm a survivor too. So you know what? I go with my wherever Tommy takes me. Sometimes we have a conversation at the end of it going, What the and he goes, I know. And it's like, okay, not let's not do that again. So we'll see if that's that way after this weekend. Uh okay. So you're familiar with Stanley Cups. Uh 
I want to know what's the what's the Stanley Cup of wrestling for you? What's your ultimate goal, even as an entertainer? Because we're talking about you know you're you do a lot of different things, but you're not specifically that thing. So what is that ultimate goal for you? So there's there's two uh, motivations for me, um, and that's the princess Penelope uh, <laughs> Lou in the background uh, making her appearance. Um, it's it's if anybody knows uh, my story. Uh, I'm almost eight years clean and sober and it's through uh, having an option and cannabis is a big part of my recovery. Uh, I have a Darren McCarty cannabis brand that, and, and like I see here, like topicals, you know, for pain and relief and stuff like this, um, being able to, the CBDs, the CBNs, the stuff, the education I'm, I went, I lived through the opioids um, you know, the alcohol and stuff like this. For me, it's about options. It's about passion. So so really my end goal is that people know that they have an option and there's someone around that is that will is about that for this plant, right? And it's nothing other than that. And so for the wrestlers and the fans and and guys that are sick and tired of being sick and tired, there is an option. That's one. Another thing too, it's not about me. I've been it's about you know, with Tommy Vendetta or Malcolm Monroe the Third, we were the pillars of Michigan, or my my tag team Midwest Scum, the Drag King Logan, or Grimy Zach Thomas. It's their passion. I see that I had to get where I needed to go, and I just want to be able to sort of help in any way with a front row seat, being a wrestling fan, and sort of be able to be, you know, sort of behind the curtain, but not having to do all of it, you know, like having to be fully immersed in it, but to be a fan and to respect it, it's the best of both worlds. So I think from being around, everybody understands that, you know, I'm just, I, I'm just around and I'm, I'm about, you know, the, the, the good things about wrestling, you know, the love and the respect and helping people not only not have to suffer uh, when they know that they have options with the plant, I can be that that person for education so that you don't have to suffer through other things. Uh, you know, that that's the one. And then just following everybody else's passion. And then being a fan. I mean, think about it, guys. Think about it, right? This is Slammiversary, okay? I'll be watching or because it's next door, I'll I'd be where I was last time. But instead, I get to be on the other side of it as a guest enforcer doesn't get any better than that. This is my, I guess you say your WrestleMania moment, but so was going through a table and so was being able to pin John Schuyler after hitting him with a D-Max stoner, which is a punch to the gut, you know, instead of a kick, because I can't get my leg up like that. You know, that that's not a hockey move. But to be able to be in there in a triple tag, you know, just to be a part of it. That's what it is, where I'm at in my life and stuff. So I just want to be a positive influence wherever I go. And 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 sometimes where you have to go is in the OK Corral where there's going to be some gunfighting and stuff like that. So my job is, is, is that everybody gets out alive. So there's going to be some beatings. There's probably going to be some bloodshed. There's going to be some feelings hurt. But this is history, and it's sort of like that, the Hatfields and McCoys, and we're going down to it, and I got the best seat in the house. 
I do want to recklessly speculate on on the partner, but when you mentioned talking to to guys backstage and following their careers and stuff, you you have a long NHL career and you've been through not only on the ice but just personally like ups and downs and everything. Do wrestlers come to you and ask about like how basically to not let the lows get you too low and not and get the highs too high because you know you've lost and you've won multiple Stanley Cups, you've also lost it in series and everything, and it's like oh, how do we bounce back from this? Or how do we do this again, win another Stanley Cup? So the wrestlers talk to you about that kind of stuff. You know, I, I, I'm I very fortunate that, you know, I have great relationships um, with a lot of the different wrestlers. So it depends on who they are. But, you know, I'm an open book, you know, I, and that's the one thing is, that, you know, I wrote a book in 2012, my last fight, true story of a hockey rock star. I mean, I've been through bankruptcies, divorces, um, you know, gambling, alcohol, everything like that. You know, I'm my sobriety dates 11, 11, 15, and by the grace of God, um, and finding the, the being able to love myself, it's it's all about self awareness. So, the kind I'm I'm willing for a conversation. The one thing that I know, listen, D Mac, right? D Mac, who's the hockey, is the wrestler that's I've been playing a wrestler my whole life. I've been playing a character that I've known who DMAC was since I was six years old. It took me to be 46 until I realized who Darren McCarty was, right? So even though I'm not a wrestler, I live a wrestler. I've lived a character, DMAC, the hockey player that you as an Avalanche fan hate, right? For that character to be able, because when the puck dropped, there is a certain level there, there of wrestler that comes out in DMAC. Now, today I'm Darren McCarty. You know, unfortunately, I got to, in the ring, pull out DMAC again, probably. But I'm prepared for that, for when it happens. So I'm here for anybody that has questions on life and, and bottom line, just, you know, wants to be better, um, didn't know they have options, and just look for my perspective. I say enjoy my truth. And I look and I'm very grateful around because I get some great perspective from people who have lived the wrestling life. And it's just all about, you know, surrounding yourself with good people. At the end of the day, you know, you're either an asshole or you're not. So you're talking about uh, becoming DMAC again in the ring and having to enforce this coming Saturday at Slammiversary. Uh, I got to ask then, who, what's easier, throwing a punch with or without skates on? Oh, for me? Yeah. Well, that's a loaded question because people don't understand as I box for, I, you know, during the off season. So I'm like technically amateur, you know, boxer to learn it. But throwing a, throwing a punch um, on the ice for us, like the, the our grace or, or mine at least is that like I can fall down skating by myself from one end of the ice. But you put me in a fight with somebody and it turns into a ballerina. I got to say it's easier throwing a punch uh, on the ice. It's more natural. But uh, that's the one thing, too, is that, like, somebody asked me, oh, do you throw wrestling punches? And I was like, what's that? You know, I don't know. Like, no, I, I'm going to throw a punch. And you know what? You're either going to be smart to get out of the way and make, not let it hurt or, or not. So, you know, I got Jason Hotch. I got, you know, one of the good hands, real good, real good. He's still, I, you know, he's from around the area and I ran into him at a show and he just went, yeah, and I went, yeah, you know it. 
So I know where the button is. Let's talk about uh, Slammiversary and this match, um, the, the No Holds Barred match where you are the special enforcer. Scott Demore does not have a partner right now. Uh, Impact ended last night where he said he wanted somebody who could come back from the dead. Who are you thinking here, Darren? Who do come you on, think guys. that's going to be besides Scott Demore on, on Saturday? Like, you don't really – do I got to be the one? Because immediately yeah. what, do I got to be the guy to, to, to read between – the lines of the narrative. I told you I love the storyline. So how far do I have to peel back? Oh my God. Cody Diener ever killed a guy? Did he ever kill a, like a Canada guy? Did he ever kill one of my favorite guys ever in wrestling? Eric Young, maybe. Cause you'd think it'd be EY. Wait a minute. You imagine. You mean it's not Taya Valkyrie coming back from the undead realm? They've trapped her in there. Or there you go. <laughs> you don't even know. That'd be badass. Could you imagine coming back? So that's my guess. I still think PCO, I mean, I get it. PCO, PCO is like that truck on your farm, your grandpa's farm, that like it's got like it has to have a million miles on it and it won't die. That's PCO. I know they put they got him with, you know stuffed down his throat and lit him on fire, but he might still be around. But I, I would say, like, if writing on the wall, going to history and stuff, uh, I'm hoping. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm wishing too much that it would be Eric Young. And then somebody told me he's under contract somewhere, and so that burst my bubble, but I don't want to believe it. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeremy. I, oh, I, say, I think it's a good bet on Eric Young. Who was you guys seized it, but... What's up? Who do you guys think? I think Eric Young makes the most sense. I don't know quite what his WWE status is. That's what where he was signed to, returned, but we have not seen him in any capacity there. So maybe he has gotten out of that deal and is able to do this because yeah, somebody who's died, Diener's on the other side, then the Team Canada jersey there. Kind of all lines for Eric Young here. Yeah, it all comes together. Hey, we're going to find out on Saturday at Slammiversary. It's an exciting moment. The show's going to be fantastic. Looking forward to that this Saturday, July 15th at Windsor, uh, Windsor's St. Clair College, I should say. Uh, tickets are still available. Go check them out. Slammiversary is going to be a fun show. We'll have a post show on Fightful.com. Myself and Steven Jensen will be doing this. Uh, I, I have one last question, Darren, for you. Yes, sir. What other NHLers would make good or great professional wrestlers? What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, you know, um, (laughs) the first one that comes to mind, uh, you know, I always like George the Rock. Always like some of the tough guys. My my guy behind me, Bob Probert, would have been the best professional professional wrestler as far as that. But he would have been. He would have. He lived the gimmick. So God rest his soul. You know, George the Rock would have Jeremy Roenick. Um, that's, uh, he'd be more in the Miz, you know, style, like he, he, but, but just could do everything, you know, nickname, um, styles and stuff like that. Uh, a guy that I just hundred million percent, Andre Wah, Andre Wah, who won a cup with Tampa Bay, you know, tough guy around one of the funniest human beings. Um, so he'd have everybody, uh in stitches and stuff like that. I think hockey players, not only because of what's required physically or, um, and the athletic ability of them, but like they're, they're characters. We, we have a lot of characters in hockey. As, as you can see, if you watch letter Kenny or shores, it's not far off. You know what I'm saying? It's a little stress, but not far off from, from the culture growing up. And so, Bob, the best one would have been Proby. He would have he would have been the best because he, man, the the more the the more that he got into it, the more into the match. The longer he had that flare gas tank that he just got better or steamboat. You know, oh I'm oh okay, forty minutes. You ready to do it now? Get out of here. So Proby would have been the best whatever. I got a couple, one, a super question, question from, from Ryan. And then I do have more hockey wrestling related questions, but, but Ryan asked, when asked stereotypical sports reporter question, Hey, Darren, who do you think gets more beat up hockey players or wrestlers? Oh, on the, on the, on the daily wrestlers, a hundred percent, every time they're going to go into the, to a game or into the ring or whatever, they got to be bumping or selling or doing something. And that's their plan is to come out scot-free and not hurt. Although they'll do moves that they know that's going to hurt in the morning. Hence saying, oh, let's pull out a table. Let's pull out a chair. Right? So by far, you know, wrestlers. And that and that's, you know, along the same lines as hockey players too. Every game and stuff being physical and, and having to hit. I just don't. You know, I'll tell you this. Here's the answer to the question. Hockey players for sure get taken care of a lot better 
than what wrestlers do. And that's that's one of the things that's so important. It, it ain't, it's, and here's the one thing with my brand and everything else, the topical or whatever to make you feel better. It's really, it's not I'm not being nice. It's I'm such a sick wrestling fan that I know that the better that you feel out of the ring will make you do crazier stuff inside the ring and entertain me more. So actually I win. So, so it's all about, you know, so, um, I think that we, uh, and the, and the wrestling injuries, because how many times you see this and all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's not my nagging elbow that I, that I constantly run it into somebody. Right. I fell, I fell off the top rope here. Now I got this and I never even knew I had a muscle here or what that's wrestling hockey. You do the same sort of thing over and over again. Dan, when did you get into wrestling? Because I like knowing knowing your career and everything, like mid nineties, the Avs Red Wings rivalry doesn't like align with like what was going on at wrestling right then. It was a lot of over the top kind of silly cartoon characters in the midnight, and then the Attitude Era got a little bit more blood and guts. But I can see you being like Terry Funk, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair era. So am I off base with that, or when did you get no, into wrestling? No, no, I watched it, but Stone Cold. So, oh, wow. so when Stone Cold came around, when he slammed the Zamboni into the ring, that was at Joe Louis Arena. Um, and we got to meet, you know, sort of all those guys. And I'm very fortunate. Like, I've been friends with, like, Chris Jericho for a long time. And, and you know, get to meet guys along the way, stuff like this. But it was Stone Cold. I used to run around. I still do. I, I call it Stone Cold. You know, I run around. I run around uh, with Stone Cold. Everybody who knows me, I have three sixteen shirts. Uh, you know, or or three one three D Max shirts or whatever it is. But he was Stone Cold. My teammate Matthew Danano, uh was the Rock. You know, and we used to wrestle all the time. And then we used to make uh, one of our other teammates, Mike Knubel, um, We used to make him be mankind, and we'd hit him with chairs, and you know, we'd attack him you know, out of the blue in the dressing room and stuff. So we were big. I've, I've been on some, you know, back in the day, I got to break a hockey stick uh, over uh, Bob Holly to protect D'Lo Brown um, in, in one of the Monday Night Raws or whatever like that. So I've always been around it. I lived down in Clearwater for like six years after retirement. So good buddies with Sean Waltman and, you know, Kevin Nash has been a, a good friend from here and, you know, knowing, knowing a lot of the local guys, but just never been around until like, and, and sort of been a fan, right? Like, like all of us pick it up, put it down, pick it up, put it down. But it wasn't until, you know, COVID that I really got into. And I always been like, I shouldn't say that because ECW is always my jam, right? Like ECW, that's the ECW is the rivalry right like i mean that's the and you you know van dam being from here but you bring it like tommy dreamer you know the perennial baby face and and i could you know relate to to him and and stuff like this and then sabu being around here and just the sandman and just the carnage right that all that you knew that was coming um you know danny damato told me something that i that i I love sweat and blood tell different stories. And I like the stories with the blood in them because just like hockey, I like the commitment. But unlike MMA where it's like hockey, it's fight for your life. 
I like everybody to be a part of the story. And at the end of the day, everybody hogs and go, man, we entertain the heck out of them. That's just because I've been in the wars, right? Do you get it? So I don't need to, you know, I'm full. I got so many t-shirts of, of stuff done, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, you know, that it's just, you know, I, it's just for, I'm trying to surround like-minded people that love to get entertained by the same thing that love the thing that's called wrestling. Darren, we really appreciate you uh, joining us this morning. I, I will say it. I said I was going to say it. I didn't like you. I, I feel like that's not shocking news to you. You're not uh, supposed to, bro. Yes. <laughs> See, that's what I figured. I, I figured you'd say be- thank you, Jeremy. For, <laughs> that means I did my job to the best. Yeah. Would you have loved me on your team, though? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That I have is everybody <laughs> would have wanted me to play for them. And, and I would have played, honestly, if I wore a Colorado jersey, you would have had, you got my, you got my sword, you got my shield, no matter where I go. I, I love the like what I have to do this weekend. Just, you know, look at whoever Bully Ray, if you got to imagine him as Claude Lemieux and to, to make it a little bit, you know, more on there, then I, I respect that as well. I love the documentary that came out last year, uh, the, the unrivaled documentary with um, the, the Wings and Abs, which is a fantastic look at everything. And I was so happy they got so many people to talk about that rivalry. I've read all the books. Obviously, I grew up just watching it. And I figured it when I said I didn't like you, you would respect that, honestly, because that was your job. I, I was yeah. not supposed to like you. As Peter Forsberg, you told you told the Peter Forsberg story. Like, that's the person who got me into hockey. I, I watched a game, and I watched Peter Forsberg play, and I'm like, this is my guy. This is who I'm rocking with. This is my team. And then I've hated the Detroit Red Wings ever since. <laughs> I'll tell you this one thing. Peter Forsberg, one of the most fiercest competitors. I put him in the Terrell Owens category of – doesn't matter what we're playing. I just want to win. Like, it, it's it's crazy. I play softball with Terrell um, Owens, who gets to be in a charity. And and that's, you know, some people are misunderstood. Like, in my, and this is Darren McCarty's view, is that this guy just is wants to win. It's not, and, and some people can under, misunderstood it. Yeah, Peter Forsberg, the same way. He ha- hates us all. And you know what? That's That's the way it's supposed to be. So thank you. Um, thank you for hating me enough to have me on uh, the wrestling program to understand. So you made my dreams come true, even though I was crushing yours back in the day. Thank you. <laughs> you were. You got all oh, the, the game seven where, where Wall let in all those goals. And I, I thought that was our year. Wait, wait, again. don't. You know, hey, you know what? You don't. This is just for between everybody. This is just whoever... <laughs> All three people or whatever watching or whatever. Like, Jeremy, this is just between me and you, okay? When you're having a bad day, okay, don't worry. It could always be worse. Because you brought up Patrick Waugh and those seven goals. Forget about that. And forget about the hat trick I scored on him or if you go back all the goals I scored against him. He got beat up by Mike Vernon, the midget 50-year-old goalie, and then Chris Osgood, a little 12-year-old the next year, right? And then he had to retire. So karma's real. Retire- Goal by Minnesota, too. Minnesota got the last goal on Patrick Oh, you know. And then... Why are you so mad at Patrick Waugh, bro? Oh, I... Patrick... You are your bomb, day. That's what... But it's a good thing you wear a Peter Forsberg jersey and Peter Forsberg... I'm wearing a Milan Hayden jersey, actually. I I, I represent... uh, Oh, you got Hayden? Yeah! Oh, Hayden. Sniper. Hey, 
he's down here in Detroit and whatever like that. So he plays uh he plays uh, men's league. He's still a guy. He's great guy. See, that's the whole thing is that you got so many great guys. Adam Foote, big, big nosed, ugly lumberjack, assistant coach for Vancouver now, one of the greatest human beings, you know, in the history about, you know, for his team. Do you so, have do you have a bad word to say about Joe Sackick? If you have a bad word to say about Joe Sackick, I might. No, do you have like, a bad word to say about our king Steve Eisenman? Listen, Steve, I, right? no, I actually have nothing about to those say about rivalries. Steve your, king, your king and my king stayed up on the throne, and us peasants fought down. I'll give you, <laughs> I'll give you a nugget though. Joe Sackick, Darren McCarty, born in the same Burnaby General Hospital. He oh. took all the skill. I took all the toughness. <laughs> you, hold on. You're also you're an April Fool's baby, aren't you? You're an April, I'm an April Fool's baby. You guys didn't have a chance. <laughs> what Left-handed. Was... And everything I've been through, you don't think that the hand of that. So watch out. That's why. And that's everything that I had to put in, you know, to be a guest referee for Slammiversary. We brought Get it out. home. I'm a Sens fan, so for me, I'm like, I just, I got Get no dogs in any fight, so I got nothing you're, to go. You're on. fine. Good exactly. luck. Exactly. Uh, the best I got is from that whole conversation. Stevie Wise from Nepean, in my hometown, so that works. Well, and you know what? We really appreciate you uh, letting us uh, trade for Alex to bring it there. We're gonna really, uh, we're gonna use this forty goals. That's true. We're gonna show you how we're gonna use it to advantage. In fact, at the Detroit Red Wings, we're gonna use it to make the playoffs. It's fine. Though people don't think that we will. We will use Alex to break into 40 goals, maybe 50 goals to win the playoffs. Listen, it didn't win Alfie a cup to go over there. So we'll see how Alex DeBrincat does. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. But uh, again, Alex DeBrincat is not Daniel Alfredson. Of course. Daniel these Alfredson are, these are Alfredson Alex DeBrincat at the age. How old was Alfredson when yeah, he Alfredson came? Alfie was at the on, end. On, yeah, at the, the end. end. Last. <laughs> boom. On the way out. Let's have the sweetest contingent play together. Right. <laughs> The Brinkett Young contract, four years, fight for the next contract, too. That's the same thing. That's going to be but, special. It's going to be special watching him play in Detroit. Don't be I, mad. I, I'm not upset. You, you know got what? the redo cow. Don't go be mad. You can see it all winter long. Go where the money is. Go where you get your good uh, your opportunities. Ottawa is uh, – they're not there yet. They will be, new ownership and all, but uh, we got time. So uh, there you go. Darren, thank you so much. DMAC, this was a really great opportunity to chat with you. Uh, everyone, go check out Slammiversary this Saturday – uh, it's in Windsor, Ontario at St. Clair College. You can watch it on Fight TV and literally everywhere. Just search Slammiversary on your Google machines and you'll find where to watch it. Uh, enforce the hell out of that match, DMAC, would you? I'm going to try to stay out of the way and let the boys be boys, but uh, Jeremy knows what happens if I got to get involved. Yeah, I feel bad for all of them if uh, Darren actually has to get involved. It's not going to be good. Not going to end well for them. Well, hey, you know what? We'll, we'll just let it fall where they may and, and we'll see what happens. But thank you, guys. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you, Darren. Let everybody know where they can find you at. Yeah, Darren McCarty 4 is the best way on the Twitter machine or any blue check marks on Instagram, uh, Facebook, the new threads, obviously, too. We're getting up and doing that. DarrenMcCarty.com or watch me 11 to 1 uh, Monday to Friday, WoodwardSports.com or anywhere you there find you Thanks, guys. Thank, thank, thank you, Gary. Enjoy the rest yeah. of your day. Tomorrow at Impact Slammiversary. We really appreciate you joining the show. And All right, anything happens, you need my update, hit me back. For <laughs> sure. Back. Thank you. Thank All you. Right, right. <laughs> Good uh, that was fun. I'm glad I'm glad that uh came through. We were able to do that. I didn't know 
how he was going to take the uh, the Av stuff. Like, I just, I wasn't sure if he was going to be, like, super serious about it. Like, being in wrestling, I figured he had, like, a, a sense of humor. And, like, he immediately, once I saw him pop on backstage, and I was like, oh, shit. He, like, he was laughing. I was like, okay, he's he's got a humor about this. So, he's, it was. He said good. it himself. He's an entertainer. Yeah. Yeah, good. he. <laughs> it was good. It was, it was fun to have Darren McCarty on the show and like i said i didn't like that man growing up I, I didn't i like him a lot more now but as a kid could not stand darren mccarty well that's what we're here for now and now it's anniversary. it's up to you if you're gonna like him again when he's uh the special enforcer in that tag match he seems to think that eric young's coming but uh what do you think is this is this the possibility can i run darren mccarty believes eric young is the uh mystery mystery partner like I can run that story, right? Those are his comments. Is what he yeah. I don't. See I feel like I can run that story. <laughs> it makes sense if it's Eric Young. Like the tease seem to indicate Eric Young. It could also just indicate PCO coming back from the dead because that's what PCO kind of does. But the Team Canada jersey it was strong Eric Young vibes, and and like I said, like he signed with WWE, but nothing. He never appeared. He never, there was no real update on that. Um, it was less than a year ago at this point, though. So is he out of that? If he is, what happened there? I guess that's a, a different story for a different day, but they're certainly teasing it like it could be him. What's interesting to me, if it is Eric, is he and I did an interview a long time ago that it was kind of lost to time and just technical issues. And I asked him about, you know, this was June 2021, maybe in June 2022. It was at a Greek town event. And I asked him, I was like, what happens after you're done? What happens when you're, when you're done with wrestling? And he's like, I fade off into the sunset and no one hears from me again. And that's kind of what had happened. So who knows? Maybe, maybe T-Mac has a I was, point. I was just about to text you, but I'll just ask you on air right now (laughs) so darren mccarty believes eric young is the mystery partner for saturday can i run this story is that is that good to to run even though eric young is last we heard under wwe contract less than zero percent chance less than zero percent well i'm gonna run the story that is darren mccarty's words i don't think that's a good idea (laughs) okay all right. Are you is that bacon or carrot sticks? That's bacon. It's bacon. A little overcooked, but they're no, the fine. eggs. Oh, the eggs are there. There we go. We have the eggs. All right. I thought about breaking news. I'll tell you what. I'll go ahead and promote a story for Fightful Select tomorrow that that I can't necessarily talk a lot about, but I have told both Joel and Jeremy this story. There's gonna be a story on fightfulselect.com tomorrow that is going to get people talking a lot. Oh, a lot. It's going to be a real interesting one. All right, Um, let's go. (laughs) I don't think I know anything about this. You don't tell me anything. Let's be honest. I put it in our chat yesterday. (laughs) Oh, that that story. That story. That would check out. You not not reading the chat per usual? (laughs) Yes, I never read the chat. That's that's true. That story. Yes, that'll that'll definitely so, happen. 
I'm not allowed in that chat because I don't write for the site. I just yeah. I just appear on what camera. Do you do? I wouldn't. Why are you here? That's a good question. I I'm literally here to move the shows along when I can. I thought about just breaking news on this show all the time, like not wrestling news, just random shit that I hear. That's fine. fine. For example, Jeremy knows who told me this, but I knew about the entire James Harden trade about a month and a half before it happened one time. The framework of it, just because people in sports also like wrestling and they want scoops and vice versa. So you never know. What should, what should I? I was going to do Creed the other day, but I think everybody knows they're coming back very soon. Creed's coming back. Can, can, are they going to take the hi- company higher? What do you mean? Can you take me That's what I wanted. So glad we got this. That's what I wanted, but that's not the wrestling. Like, come on. You need to do some My Sacrifice for that. Well, yeah, I, I understand that, but like higher, we're, we're, we got to take the company to new heights here. All the wrestlers, the, the, my sacrifice is an easy cut. I'm going with every t- cuts. Every time there's a windstorm out here, I go outside in a button-up shirt and with a t-shirt <laughs> underneath it, and I just stand in the wind pretending that I'm Scott Stapp. You know how many times people have called me Sean Ross Stapp on accident? It ain't an accident. They really do think that's your last name. I get it. Nobody, nobody knows Joel's name at yeah. this point. Darren's calling you Jack, Josh. I think. Josh, Josh. Yeah. Josh, people are calling you Joe. Joe yeah, no one knows your name. I get it. My wife had a my wife had a friend, and her last name was McKibben. And this guy that one of our friends was dating called her McRibbon for like <laughs> six hours. Dude was hungry. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go with the Creed scoop today. I mean, I, it hasn't been outright said, but it's implied. They're coming back. It, it's happening, guys. Hmm. Are we talking uh, but, the whole the, the original lineup, or are we going to get some substitutions involved here? I mean, as long as it's Stapp and Tremonti, we're all right. That's fair. I, I get it. It's just like if you bring Nickelback, you know, back, even though they never left, you got to bring the Chad and the brothers. Otherwise, everyone else just doesn't matter. I don't think anybody knows who the brothers are. That's fine. Uh, Chad. Breaking Breaking Benjamin is literally the lead singer with just a bunch of guys. And even then, I went to one of their shows. The lead singer was the third best singer in his own set. He had his bassist singing, and somebody leaned over and was like, man, he could front his own band. And I'm like, yeah, this one. That would be a good idea. Oh, I see you saw Fozzie, too. (laughs) (laughs) The amount of times I've heard Rich Ward does most of the singing live, and so does the bassist. And I'm like... Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> there you go. Well, Listen, man, go front, go front a rock band, Sean. Okay, it's hard I work. Could. You I could. could. Let's do it. We can. We could do some butt rock and sell some music to commercials. That would be great. Yeah, people would buy that up real quick. Sell it here, to here. Here's my ad- audition. Whoa! There you go. Every commercial ever. Put it on repeat. People are going to be dying to use it. Yeah, there it is. Wait, I think that already exists. That's the Gallus theme. That's just the Gallus. <laughs> is it? I wouldn't know. <laughs> wow, Sean Rossap confirms he does not watch NXT on this Listen, show. I skipped through the entrances. I, I really uh-huh, there's really save. no reason for me to good watch save. that. Yeah, I got it. That's so yeah. sorry. Good, good save. <laughs> good save. Um, yeah, I'm gonna break a pretty interesting story tomorrow night. 
Well, I'm at a Fallout Boy concert. There's so much wrestling tomorrow. You're going to Fallout Boy? Listen. What's yes. going to do? Watch Battle of the Belts? <laughs> yeah, Battle of the Belts. That's a huge show that you're going to miss tomorrow. Mental Health Day. You wouldn't know anything about that, Jeremy. See ya. No, I don't take any of those, unfortunately. I should probably take a <laughs> lot more, if we're being honest. Once in a blue moon. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's so funny. Uh, Sean Ross out, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I didn't have to text them my question. Just ask them. Yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, that's funny. I, I, I had a feeling uh, that would go down the way it did, and uh, here we are. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks again to Darren McCarty for joining us. That was that was a great conversation with him. Uh, we we got a lot out there. We got a lot out of him. Once he started talking about like uh, loving storylines, I was like, well, all my lines of questioning have to change because <laughs> I wanted to ask him about, you know, having a match versus chin strap Jesus, working with Rhino, pull the curtain back on the, the ICW no holds barred match that he did against Brennan Kirk, where they weren't even in a ring. They were fighting in a circle with guardrails and beating the shit out of each other, going through doors. I want to talk about that stuff, but, uh, you know what? Sometimes you got to keep uh, you got you got to keep the stories going. So I, I appreciate it. He got a lot of really funny uh, stuff out on us, though. I appreciate that. It's good. It was fun. He was he was very fun. And maybe if I ever see him at a show, I'll take a worked pick where he punches me in the face. Maybe he'll let me punch him. That'd be fun. That would get be one, fun. Get one back for old Claude. For old Claude Van Dam. <laughs> yes, sure, Claude Van Dam. Joel. Uh. Since we are, sorry, sorry, I had to cough. Since we are talking about Slammiversary with Darren, do you want to do a quick, uh, a quick preview just of the matches we're actually looking forward to? Because it's it's going to be a pretty good card at uh, at, at Slammiversary this year, this month, this week, tomorrow, tomorrow, literally tomorrow, literally. What are we doing? I have to do a post show, and I can't remember where I'm doing it or when I'm doing it. But yes, tomorrow is the show. Uh, yeah, you, you want to talk through a couple of matches and uh, give our thoughts? Yeah, I, I like the card overall. I'm really looking forward to Deanna and Trinity. I believe that's headlining. Um, so I think so too, and I'm happy about that. That would be the second pay-per-view in a row where Impact has went with the women as the uh, the main event. And they closed the show last night. I know they had the post-credit tease with Demore, but they closed the show last night um, with them the big women's brawl and everything. So yeah, I, I look forward to that. I think that'll be really good. Deanna's one of the best in the world and Trinity's done well and impact so far. I, I look forward to seeing her. Oh, let's be honest. No, no offense to anybody else. Trinity has faced thus far. Deanna Prazo is a step up from all of them. I think that's very fair to say. Um, so yeah, I look forward to, to seeing her and seeing uh, her elevate her game against someone like Deanna. Oh, Shelly and Aldis and Chris Saban, Leo Rush should, should both be good matches. Are we thinking, are they putting the title on Aldis here? So this is why the Deanna and Trinity conversation is so interesting to me. I wouldn't be surprised if Deanna retained, kept the title, and Mickey James came out and challenged Deanna Perrazzo and said, I never put that title around your waist at Rebellion like I said I would because I want to beat you for it. And I'm cleared, and now we're going to get a Mickey James heel turn because Nick Aldis wins his match and wins the Impact World Championship. And then that power couple that everyone was talking about as being Steve Macklin and Deanna Perrazzo, no, no, the power couple is Nick Aldis and Mickey James running roughshod on Impact. 
And then when Macklin comes back, you got a Macklin who's going to be out for, you know, for a little while. And people might want to cheer him when he comes back, especially if Deanna is still in the babyface role. You can do Aldis and Mickey versus Macklin and Perrazzo. They've been filmed together, finally, uh, in an Impact uh, segment. It was when they were in Wagga Wagga, they went to the zoo, and the two of them were together, like, cuddling a, a baby kangaroo, a joey. And I was like, oh, it's kind of canon now, but uh, that's where I could see it going. I could see Deanna retaining, Mickey coming out to end the show, and laying out Deanna, and then Nick Aldis comes out and says, you know, welcome back, baby, and they hug and kiss, and crowd's booing as Nick Aldis raises that world title around uh, or above his above his head because he beat Shelly and he beat Shelly in a shitty way. However, if Shelly wins and retains, then they're going to run it back in Toronto at Emergence and that's where Aldis wins because that's where Aldis came back at Rebellion. They'll, okay. play, they'll play that up. That's what I think. I think Shelly should retain here. I like the idea of running it back. A little bit more. I Shelley's only had the title for a month. Um, he won it at against all odds. I'd like to just see like Macklin's reign was shorter than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I don't. I don't love the idea of like two kind of short back to back to back reigns here, especially because I'm, I think you you agree with me. I think Macklin's reign was seemed like it was going to be a bit longer. Than it was. I think we expected it to be a bit longer, I should say. Uh, and, and it was shorter. And then Shelly won. So I'd like Shelly to at least keep the title for another month. Sure, run it back, do do the title change a, a month from now. But a one-month title run for Alex Shelly feels just a little... doesn't feel like enough. That, that's really what it comes down to for me. Is it just does not feel like enough. What, I, what I'm nervous about is them doing a option C cash-in, but like a friendly one. So let's say Chris Sabin retains his X Division Championship over Leo Rush. Then at the tapings, Chris Sabin says at the next show, I want to cash an option C. You and I have had matches before. Let's see who you know the better man is. If I can't win that title again, then really what am I doing here? Not a retirement match, but just a, a little friendly storyline. Uh, I don't want to see that because I've seen option C used recently uh, within the last six, seven months. And I just, I don't need it again. I want to see... Whoever wins that Ultimate X match, I want to see them step up to whoever the X Division champion is. I feel like Chris Saban's going to retain, though. That's the one. Between the two machine guns, I feel like Saban retains and Shelly drops. Um, but I could be wrong. Could be the, the Motor City machine guns are riding high and they keep both titles because they both have only held them for a month. And I don't think they defended them. I know Chris Saban did against Trey Miguel. But other than that, I don't think there's been other... Uh, championship uh matches yeah, i don't think so either yeah so again that's why that and again all this is really going hard on the are you a transitional champion or are you better than that so uh, maybe if shelly wins i'll just just pitches a fit and they re they, they run it back in a month and i'd be okay with that uh ultimate x that should be really fun um as far as i'm always gonna ride for a speedball i don't know if he's gonna win but a speedball saving match it really any speedball match is fun angels is kind of like getting the big sort of push here after the the split with uh the design so maybe angels takes this why are you laughing joel the promo he cut last night was just awful it was very oh. 2006 tna and i like angels i've said that a hundred million times i actually really like angels but whatever he cut last night was just not it he called himself like the celestial 
because he's Angel. And he's, and I was like, don't, whatever you, if your last name is Angels and you're working in, in TNA and Impact, you can't evoke an angelic mantra or moniker when Christopher Daniels literally laid the foundation of that company. You, you can't make that work. So uh, I, I thought it was funny, but it was very 2006 TNA. Christopher Daniels should come back since he is the fallen angel and do something with angels. Maybe they can go to a baseball game and be in the outfield and we will have angels in the outfield. <laughs> you suck. I love that. <laughs> I just, I'm thinking of like, are they going to LA anytime soon? They usually, they don't do much West coast action out there for impact, but if they, they used to run baseball stadiums, they got like five people in them, but they would run baseball stadiums. Those were rough days. Dungeon yeah. master puppets, by the way, sent a super chat saying, I think Claude's legal name is turtle now, Jeremy. Oh dear. Oh, that's, uh, Dungeon Master, Dungeon Master of Puppets is being being very mean to He's my 2022. Yeah. I appreciate the super chat, but you know we, we got the latest title out of the rivalry. There's no let's be honest, there's no real rivalry between the two teams anymore. The the, the games there it's east west now for some reason. The Detroit got moved to to the east, which is stupid. So like they only play each other twice a year, and the players on the team now have no history against each other. So it's it's a it's a fun it's still fun when Detroit and Colorado plays, but there's there's no real rivalry. So going back to the Ultimate X match, this is the most wide open match that's going on. I mean, a lot of the matches are kind of like, oh, there's a lot of questions in the air of who who wins, who retains, and all that. But um, yeah, this one's pretty wide open. Do you think? Do you think Angels wins, and then? He does a photo shoot with the big X and he is an angel in the centerfold. 100% yes. <laughs> but I don't want to say Gresham because every time somebody says Jonathan Gresham's going to win in an impact match, he doesn't. So I'm going to leave that alone. I'm not going to talk about Jonathan Gresham. Let him surprise us. Uh, and then Speedball is Speedball, like you said. Kevin Knight and Speedball had a hell of a match last night on Impact. Go ahead and watch that. And Kushida is Kushida. He's going to perform. So I'm looking forward to that match. It's going to be fun. Dude, Speedball, it's in an interview with Cultaholic. Uh, they're, they're Desert Island Graps, which is a great concept for a series, by the way. If you haven't, if you haven't checked that out, they, they talk to wrestlers and they ask, like, hey, what are the three matches you would take with you on Desert Island? And so Speedball's on this, and he's like, this Elevation X that AJ Styles and Rhino did, it was a terrible idea. It looked like both men were about to fall. Rhino told me it was super clunky and like you couldn't get your footing and it, it looked bad. It, it just, it looked awful. I want to do it. <laughs> Can we do an Elevation X with Speedball? I want to make these wrestlers' dreams come true when they ask for things like this. So I want Speedball to win and then I want Saban and Speedball in an Elevation X. That's my, that's my pitch meeting here. I mean, I'm all for it. I can talk to dad about it and see if he wants to run the match. <laughs> I can't talk to him about it, though, until after Slammiversary because he is, uh, he, he is an He's active busy. Yeah. He's making phone calls to people. And I don't want to talk to Santino Morella because he's too busy beefing with... Uh, he's being a jerk. He, he, didn't let, he didn't let the rascals in the match, even though they won. They cheated, though, so that's all so? that matters. Anyway, I mean, you know what? It's a loaded four-way tag match. I'm looking forward to it. It's Ace of Bays versus Myers and Moose, Rich Swan, Sammy Callahan, and the returning subculture, 
I, uh, I I think this is it for Ace of Bays, but I don't think that they take the pin. I think Moose pins Swan, and we have Moose and Myers as the tag champs. There are a few opportunities for them right off the bat. Good hands are going to be the first. They'll do Swan and uh, Callahan as another challenging tag team. And then Ace of Bays again. They're going to want their tag title rematch. So that's kind of where I'm at. What do you think? Um, I think the Rascals end up getting in this match. Really? And I think the Rascals end up winning this match. That's that's my call. I think they get in day of the show. Uh, they they shoot some type of angle. They do something to get in this match. And I think I think they win. And then I do think they have a proper match against Ace of Bays at the, the tapings or the next show or whatever. I don't think Ace of Bays take, takes the loss here, but I think the Rascals get in and win. I think the Rascals get a title shot down the line, but I think they got to, you know, prove themselves quote unquote first to get themselves in. Uh, Santino is a big jerk though. My problem with the Santino and dirty Dango stuff is that Dango is being super serious wrestler and Santino's too busy playing up his Santino Marella bullshit that it's just like, I can't listen to him be on commentary and be like, Oh, some of my God, I'm serious. I can't listen to this as like a super serious storyline that they're trying to play. While Santino Morella, who has appeared as Anthony Corelli on the show, can't just revert back to who he is and be like, I'm going to kick your ass. Cause you're talking about my family. Like you're, you're not talking about, you know, my, my daughter, you know, uh, what, uh, Ari, uh, you're not talking about Ariana Grande or not Grande, Ariana Grande. Grace. Ariana Grace, you're talking about. She's my a dangerous daughter. woman, that Ariana Grace. She is. She is a dangerous woman, and she's coming back soon. But the point was, like, they're just. Uh, the Santino thing doesn't work for me in this storyline. He should be super serious, matching Dango, or at least like it's a it's a personal issue, and he should be treating it as such. So it just kind of bums me out to watch him, you know, act this way. Okay. Some of my I don't have much to add on That's right. I, Dango I and Santino, honestly. And then everyone's favorite, this is the last match I really want to talk about, everyone's favorite knockouts tag team right now is Killer Kelly and Masha Slamovich. <laughs> Did you see this promo on Thursday night? Yeah, like they, they got to win these belts, right? Like <laughs> There are going to be a lot of people uh, hitting certain uh, milestones in their development if they win those titles, tell you that much. Yeah, yeah, they they gotta win these belts. They're fantastic. They're 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 appealing to a, a demographic, and uh, I think that appeal is is definitely working. Yeah, it's definitely working. A lot of people are <clears throat> really uh, appealing to this uh, Slamovich and Kelly. <laughs> Listen, I tweeted uh, just a very straightforward photo of the two of those women. And and it's getting some numbers, and it just says, "I swear this pair is making a lot of people feel very certain kinds of ways right now," and they are absolutely doing that. It's a very, uh, it's a very strange, strange tag team that they've got going on here. I'm gonna I'm gonna find this photo. I'm gonna upload it because I think people need to see this photo. This is this is a still from last night. Yeah, very, look at yeah. that. They're happy. Look They're how very happy. They happy. Are. Look at that smile on both their faces. Yeah. Yeah, they know this is gonna be. Uh, it's going to be a good match. Anyway, they face the Coven for the Knockouts tag titles. I'm looking forward to that match. Let's move on. We're, we're done with the, uh, the Impact Slam anniversary stuff. Uh, AEW, let's move on to uh, – let's talk about Dynamite, and we're going to talk they're about the banned. big news. The big AEW's band. banned. Yes. Are, are we banning AEW talk on the show now? Is that what's going on? No, we've already banned one company from uh, uh, talking about them. I don't think we've actually banned them. I banned them on the spotlight for a little bit, and then Jensen – 
I never wanted them on my podcast anyway. Okay, good. Um, okay. We're not real wrestling fans because we don't like them. That's I, right. I, I forgot that. about that. Uh, <laughs> they're next up. Anyway, we're not talking about them. So uh, <laughs> we'll talk about the AW band move stuff in a minute. But let's talk about Dynamite because I personally quite enjoyed the show this past Wednesday more than uh, a few other shows. Kota Ibushi is the fifth man, like we talked about in our in our uh, little speculation process. And I talked to into Pac, and uh, guess what? Pac is the other fifth man. The yeah, I was super disappointed it was Pac. I was I was yeah. crying. I was like, why wasn't it Homicide? It should have been him. It should have been Homicide. It was very sad. Homicide would have hit his mark and not appeared on camera before the big reveal. <laughs> Damn it. When I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, there's Pac. And then they had to like, pull the camera away and just like, oh, shit. It's him. <laughs> uh, the reveals were fine. I, I was, we, You and I talked about this uh, on Wednesday where we said that the chance of them doing the reveal as like the main event segment were pretty low. And then it turned out to be exactly that. And like I told you on the show, Kota Bushi ain't showing up in Saskatoon. <laughs> yeah. I thought if they were going to do it as the main event, he was going to be there. And instead they did it as the main event and he wasn't, I, I laughed so hard and I know this is not the reaction they're going for, but like Kenny's got the chair around his throat and they're about to, you know, crush his larynx or, or whatever they're going to do. And he's just like, Any look last- at the big screen up there. <laughs> Any last words, Kenny Omega? Oh, look at the big screen. Which is like the most like elite thing to do. I'm looking right, for I this week. Hackled. The Young Bucks and Hangman were clearly there too. Where were they earlier with all this nonsense? He's like, no, no, no. Don't hit the mark yet. Wait until Kenny tells him to look at the big screen. And they're Koda wasn't do there. That. They're going to do that on BTE. They're going to do a whole long bit about Good. They how that it's played hilarious. out. I thought it was it's very hilarious. Um, Not at all. And they got yeah, they yeah, got Kota Ibushi. And you know what? I'm happy that Kota's first appearance in AEW is going to be in the match at, Bo- at TD Garden where the, the room will be much, much more full. You know, again, no shade on Saskatoon, but all shade on Saskatoon. It was 90K there. there. Yes, that's right. <laughs> he, MJF really knew. He, he, had, he had sight lines that none of us had. I, I got to give yeah. him credit for that. So, yeah, it made more sense to have Ibushi's first appearance live in front of a crowd be uh, in Boston, in my opinion. Raising my hand. Yes, I hear it. I see this. Yes. So, Koto Ibushi. Everyone, I assume everyone watching this show knows who Koto Ibushi is. Because I, I assume you watch Dynamite. I assume you, you're up a little bit on wrestling there's these stupid stupid comments and arguments from not like troll accounts either because i understand i saw that stupid thing of like they got koto bushi when they have 90 people who they not used because like half of them are injured or on roh or something like those are just dumb people looking for attention right there's actual people who do actual work in this in this line of work who are like don't really know who Kota Abushi is or if they don't if they they might know who Kota Abushi is but their stupid argument is oh they should have done a video package the week before and then you build it a little and then he will be there or he should have been on Wednesday's show for more hype and then he'll be there in Boston so you could further introduce the audience to who he is they 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 love the the comment this is this comment annoys me this annoys me. What if you're tuning in to Dynamite for the first time 
and you and you just see who nobody knows who Kota Abushi is. I even saw fucking sorry, sorry for my language. I apologize. I'm very fired up. We're a oh, minivan friendly show, Jeremy Lamb. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, anyway, everybody. You, you, okay. Yeah, you heard a take, yeah. I saw people who were like, if you were watching AEW for the first time, you don't know who Pac is. If you're watching AEW for the first time, you don't know who any of these people are because it's your first time watching the show. You flipped on and you stumbled upon it and you're just watching it and you're like, oh, this looks interesting. You're not watching this show because you saw a graphic online of like, oh, I'm going to watch this. for If you're watching AEW for the first time, you don't know half, maybe 70% of these people. So it's not AEW's job to explain all of this stuff to first-time viewers. Because here's another reality. Most of these people ain't first-time viewers, okay? And if they are, again, it's probably because they're flipping channels and they're trying to get their attention on something. You know what gets somebody's attention really well? Is holding a chair to somebody's throat. Like, oh, this looks interesting. Oh, they're trying to murder this man on television. Maybe y'all watch this. Oh, this athletic stuff is happening. Maybe y'all watch this. That's the first time AEW viewer. And you ain't worried about introducing, let's build up Kota Ibushi. If you did a video package for Kota Ibushi a week ago and explained who he was, but what if you were watching AEW for the first time? Why is this Kota Ibushi person so important? Oh, there's this video package. They did a video package for him on the show on Wednesday. They told you all of this. And by the way, Pac explained you broke my nose you took me out i'm back i'm coming for revenge it's stupid of like if you're watching it for the first time you gotta explain to the television audience who these people are andrew the giant says yeah i watched clothes with my six-year-old i explained to her who who cm punk was i watch aw with my kids all the time i watch wwe with my kids all the time roman reigns will come out they they see Roman Reigns like, oh, is that Roman Reigns? Like they're, they're confused of who Roman Reigns... It says Roman Reigns on the graphic. And they're like, is that Roman Reigns? Like, yes, that's Roman Reigns. Most of the first time viewers, they're not going to know these people in the first place. And then so, yeah, you explain it on TV. And, and they did that. Let's not act like they didn't do this either. They did the video package. They explained why Kodobushi was important, that he's the fifth man. Pac explained his actions. You don't need weeks of video package to build this stuff up it's dumb it's such a disingenuous argument from people who are smarter than this and that's what annoys me that's why i'm actually annoyed about this because i know these people and they are i know they are smarter than this but they do this stuff to get like engagement and everything and they do it and it's so disingenuous like if you want to do it of like i do it i'll troll and everything. I hope people understand my, my trolling and when I'm not and stuff. Listen to this podcast. You'll hear me rant and rave about all of this stuff. These people like are actually, they've worked themselves into believing this or they're just doing it because they, they just want the engagement. I don't know why they do it, but it's clearly not in a tongue in cheek kind of joking way how we know it is with, with others like myself. They, they actually believe you need to do this to hook in the first-time fans. If you're just tuning in to AEW, if you've not been watching it since 2019, it's so stupid. It's so disingenuous, and I cannot stand it from people who I, I hold in, and maybe I shouldn't, maybe this is my fault, who I hold in a little bit of a higher regard. Just be better 
than this. Don't act like they, this is something new of you got to introduce these people to the audience with a million video packages. They introduced Glacier to the audience with a video package for 18 friggin' weeks. And then they did nothing with it. Here's another argument that I hated coming out of Dynamite, Joel. The Nick Wayne stuff. Oh, I know where you're going. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. You saw it as yeah. well. I saw the one person that I expected to see say it, say it. And I was like, you couldn't help yourself. Go yeah. ahead. Oh, I'm comment on Andrew the Giant. So I'm not over familiar with who he is, but the show makes him seem like a big deal. So I will go and find out it. Uh, or if these shows like yours mention it, maybe I'll research. Like, yeah, sometimes you want to research this stuff. Like, oh, hey, who's Kodo Bushi? Oh, he's being introduced here. If, you were, if you've been watching AEW, there's been no big tease of Kodo Bushi. If you're online, you've seen kind of the teases Omega has done. But the fact is they picked him for the fifth man. And so that tells you right there, he has some type of tie to these men. He is important in some way to this world of the elite. They did the video package with him, right? They, they explained his tie to the elite a little bit. And they explained a little bit why he was a big deal. I hope they do a little bit more with Control Center and all that stuff. And I understand if you're not super online checking that, like fine. And if you are online for Control Center, then you're probably online enough to go watch Kota Ibushi matches. But then Kota Ibushi is going to go out there and he's going to have this great match as part of Blood and Guts. And you're like, oh, Kota Ibushi, this guy friggin' rules. He, he's awesome. The fact you are sold, you are already sold on the Elite and, and Blackpool Combat Club storyline, Blood and Guts, at this point. The fifth members, they just got to make sense for the story they have been telling. And for the story they've been telling, they make sense because Pac explained his motivations and Ibushi makes sense because he's friends with these guys. And they've explained that Omega has been recruiting him. You know who he was recruiting, but he's been around to recruit. Or he's been away and then back, whatever. But he's been there to recruit, right? So you know he's important enough that Kenny Omega is personally seeking him out. Don't act like they've not done this stuff on the shows. That's the other thing. that I Just because you weren't paying attention to it doesn't mean they didn't do it. Just because they were, you were not hit over the head with it. And I see Senior Nerd says, blame WWE. They've dumbed down the audience with all this like hitting, hitting you over the head stuff. Look, I understand why WWE does that stuff. But WWE has this case as well of NXT guys, just they're brought up and then here they are. It's like half this audience doesn't watch NXT. So how do we know who they are? Should have they done a video package? It's such a disingenuous argument. Just enjoy the, that moment, that, that introduction. And if you want to learn more about them, go learn more about them. That's what they do. The, now, the Nick Wayne, the Nick Wayne thing was very right, we, Before we get to the Nick Wayne thing. Yeah, uh, I just I want to get um, I got I want to get one thing out of the way, and I, I largely agree with what you're saying, and I actually think that there's one um, I wouldn't say it's a middle ground, but there's there's one thing that I think would be very helpful for the the video package people out there, and it's very straightforward. Collision Saturday night, it's your last push for for blood and guts. You're gonna do a, a little profile on both teams. You give them two minutes of, of, of whatever breakdown explaining literally everyone in the match if you have to or just what what each group stands for and why you want to root for the elite or why you want to boo black bull combat club and pack very simple very straightforward do it you can do it on, on rampage about whatever it is you've got another six hours of tv between now and wednesday and that's just tv alone and then plus all your online stuff i 
I think it's a slam dunk for them to produce a segment for them, uh, for, for those people who were complaining. And, and it will be on the air. And I think that they'll run something on Saturday being like, looking ahead to blood and guts, this is the match. And that's where you'll do a little quick stand-up with the elite saying, like, this is Kota Ibushi. This is who he is. He kicks ass and uh, golden lovers, yada, yada, golden elite. Let's go. Easy as that. The Nick Wayne stuff we're going to get into, though. Well, we mentioned that on Wednesday show when we were like, yeah, it's probably Kota Ibushi. And then how do you introduce him and stuff? Right. And then we said... You got Not collision. Saskatoon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we said you got collision. Yeah, you got to do something. And this will this would be a knock against AEW, by the way. If they don't do anything on collision, if they don't have any type of blood and guts video package, further explanation on stuff, if they don't do that, and collision would be the best bet because that's going to draw the biggest audience. It's going to draw bigger than Battle of the Belts. It's going to draw bigger than Rampage. So I think collision is where you have to do this. If they don't do anything on collision... With this, I do think that is a knock against them. I, I do think that's just it's just something they should. Like that's just easy. You do a two, three minute video, and then that for one, it gets you further hyped. It makes you remember that, oh yeah, hey, there's blood and guts on dynamite. Because collision can sometimes feel very much uh a separate show from dynamite because there's not a ton of roster synergy. It's again just different people. Even the feel of the show is different. But running a video package for that makes sense on on multiple levels and if they don't i'll strike aw for that like you know what you guys kind of missed an opportunity here that doesn't mean they were wrong in how they've handled everything before that it does mean i think they were just incorrect or they should have just done a better job when it came to promoting their big match on a television show that draws a lot of viewership um now nick wayne this is why I said on Wednesday, Nick Wayne can lose his first match because I had a feeling he was going to lose his first match because even though they gave him all the hype and everything, and even though they, they made it seem like a big deal, which they should have, my point was always going to be, and what it was on Wednesday, this kid is 18 years old. He does not need to come out of the gate and win a bunch of matches and be built up like this big undefeated killer. He's not. He's 18 years old. He's an excellent wrestler, but there's a long story to tell with him. And Swerve is a guy who's been around for a while. He's been telev- he's been a television star for years now. It is okay if you lose a competitive match to Swerve Strickland. And that is what happened. He lost a competitive match to Swerve Strickland. This is not the end of Nick Wayne's career. Is not the end of an 18-year-old's career because he lost his first match. I think it's better. It's always better to not have that pressure of like, oh, keep him undefeated, keep him undefeated. Like, go get the loss out of the way, and then you can just do what you need to do with him without being like, oh, is this going to be his first loss? Is this the first time he's going to taste defeat? Like, no, just lose, and then you can just tell the story that you want to tell. There's nothing wrong that he lost to Swerve Strickland. It's very dumb that people think like, oh, you got to win this big debut match. You know, we've hyped you up this much. You have to win this match. There are reasons to lose in certain scenarios. This was a reason to lose in this scenario. Nick Wayne is not a killer. All right. He's not a killer. He doesn't have the look of a killer. He looks like a freaking 18 year old because he is. He looks like a (laughs) Yeah. This ain't Goldberg out here. This is Nick Wayne, an 18-year-old kid who's wrestling his first TV match in front of this big of an audience, 
and he went out there and he took Swerve Strickland to the limit and he lost. That's okay. Like you said, you build this up now. Maybe he comes back and he beats Swerve on a big stage and he beats him for a title. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't. The point I was making on Wednesday is he's 18. Nobody wins the in real sports. People don't win a title in their first year when they're even considered prodigies. Braun James didn't win a title in his first year. Jordan didn't win. These guys just don't win titles in their first year. And it's okay. What, what matters? Let's revisit this conversation five years from now, where if I'm still doing this show in five years, I, my blood pressure is going to be very high with how ranty I've become. That's, gonna be show. Dangerous. That's very dangerous. Yeah. But like in five years, let's look at this because what, let's take a, for example, Let's take a for example, Joel. And I'm not, I'm not trying to do a full-on comparison here, but Tyler Bate was thought to be a prodigy, right? That's a guy who was really good at a really young age and was wrestling in front of a WWE audience, whether it was NXT, NXT UK, at 18, 19 years old. Where is Tyler Bate right now? What, what good did Tyler Bate get out of winning these these championships and winning these matches off of this Tyler Bates been and I like Tyler Bate I think he's great I don't think he's doing anything bad in NXT I know so there's been some circumstances out of his control with the pandemic but if you would said five years ago when you're watching Tyler Bate in Chicago against Pete Dunn I feel like that was five years ago at that point god like if you were watching him yeah if you were watching him five years ago you would have thought oh, this guy, this guy's the future. He's going to be a big-time star for this company. And he's honestly in a worse position than he was then. Tyler Bate is a weird case. Because of the way WWE treated their UK talent, because of the way WWE treated their NXT talent, because of the way that Bate kind of grew up in the WWE system, he got, he's not where he could have been or could have been with other people behind him. Um, Yeah. He's just, there's something, there's something there with him, but he keeps getting kind of relegated to the background. And now he's just like, I'm gonna get stoned to be a shaman on TV. And everyone's just like, you do you buddy. That's your gimmick. Now. I don't know. I can't compare Tyler Bay to Nick Wayne because I feel like a, the presentations are very different and B, um, Yes, I would consider Tyler Bate to be a master. Yes, that was my whole joke when he joined Chase U. But B, uh, with with Tyler Bates, he was walking in to find char- a character. Nick Wayne was walking in to be a wrestler who is the son of a wrestler. And that's not a knock on Wayne. That's just more, that was a presentation thing. So with Nick Wayne, I think it's... Um, I don't want people to hear this the wrong way. I think it's easier for him to walk in basically having been the wrestler and the character that he's been for the last four years on the indies, but now in a bigger stage than someone like Tyler Bate, who came in as Mr. Wrestler, young boy, and hasn't found the character on screen in WWE world that fits what he is. Does that make sense? No, it does. It does make sense. And again, I I feel a little bad that I'm like using this compare. I I don't even want to compare how the company is is booking 
them and how they might book them moving forward. I'm trying to compare the argument or the the logic or the reactionary take of Nick Wayne losing his first match and acting like this is the worst thing in the world. That's largely what I'm looking at. Because right. if you would take in Tyler Bate five years ago and the reaction was this guy is going to be WrestleMania level worthy in, in five years from now, he's going to be on, on, he's easily going to be in this position, that position, whatever. It's like, he's not. Why? There's different stuff that, that has happened. Nick Wayne, certainly different stuff could happen to him. Who knows how his career trajectory is going to go. My whole point is his career trajectory ain't changing all that much just because he lost his first match to Swerve Strickland. What happened in that match ain't going to define who he is five years from now, unless he's facing Swerve Strickland in the main event of AEW Double or Nothing for the for the world title. And then people are like, hey, remember in Nick Wayne's first match, he lost to Swerve? In which case, they've done a hell of a job with both Nick Wayne and Swerve. And we're going to look back at that match, the, the match on Wednesday then, and be like, wow, they actually really did something special in that match. Otherwise, whatever happens to Nick Wayne, it ain't based off of what happened on Wednesday. And that's part of the the problem, if you will, of being people like us who are tasked with reacting to these events in real time, right? We are not privy to the the story itself and where it's going. We can only react to what we're seeing or to how other people are seeing the story. And some have, again, that, that's kind of the, the beauty and the beast of professional wrestling is that some people have a view that is just inherently negative towards what's going on in the moment, or they just see it differently from how other people see it. Maybe it's not negative, but they just, again, the visions are different. And for me, like you, Nick Wayne dropping that first match wasn't a burial. It wasn't a bad thing. It was actually to me, a very good thing because Swerve made him look like a million bucks. There was respect on both sides. You continued, you got a story out of it. There's going to be so much more, out of Nick Wayne in AEW, and I'll, I'll just to, to bring it back to last night on on uh, on Impact, they gave Jody Threat her first loss. Which, by the way, we got the scoop for that match. We 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 asked Jody, well, "Who do you want?" She said, "Diana." She got Diana last night, and Jody Threat was dished out her first loss in Impact. But guess what happened? They had a very good match. They shook hands at the end, and both women looked great, even with Jody losing the match. And now Jody can taste defeat in Impact and move forward. Nick Wayne can do the exact same thing in AEW and it's going to be a good thing for him because now he starts the real journey. You toss him in the deep end. He realizes, okay, I can swim, but I can't necessarily get out of the pool without the ladder. I can't climb. I got to, you know, I got to get out by using the ladder. I can't just jump out like other people. I got to, I got to take a minute. So now you got Nick Wayne and like a whole slew of opportunities for him. Uh, and Swerve is going to be Swerve. Swerve is going to go off and do whatever he's going to do, and then they will revisit each other. If you don't think that Swerve and Nick Wayne are going to be married to each other throughout the bulk of their AW careers, then I don't know what to tell you because they've already been that way on the indies, and they already show magic, and they already work together, and they already do real good stuff together. I don't see why you wouldn't keep going. So that is paired with Darby, paired with Sting, paired with Mogul Embassy, you have so many people to surround Nick Wayne with in the ring and out that's going to make his 
career trans his, his career trajectory a positive one a good one as long as you know as, as long as the right things happen as long as injury he's injury free as long as you know everyone everyone does their thing plays their part and is a team player that's how i feel um maybe if they played more vignettes for nick wayne he would have been more popular with people <laughs> They built him up, these vignettes, Joel. They built him up too much. You're right. How could he lose his first match? Now he's just treated like a dork because, wow, they they tried to tell you who is important, but he lost to Swerve. Never really heard of Swerve. Did he have vignettes to, to being built up to this? Is it okay to lose to Swerve? Is is that fine? No. Home? No, you can't lose to Swerve. You're not allowed to. He didn't friggin' lose to, I don't know, Tony Nese. No offense to Tony Nese, but like he didn't lose to Tony Nese or anything. That I would have had an issue with. It's it's the it's the dumb Kenny Omega, Allen Angels, why are you going 15 minutes with this guy argument? Did that hurt Kenny Omega's career at all? I feel like he's doing okay. It's just stupid. It's... It's from people who should be better and from people who have influence in this line of work that are disingenuous with their comments. At least I feel they are. And it's, it's frustrating to me. Telling you, man, I'm just going to start making dynamite recap videos, but it's just going to be in the form of like promotional videos for the next episode of dynamite. (laughs) Everybody stop tweeting. If you put put these put these thoughts on a podcast that I won't listen to unless you're interviewing a wrestler, and then I'll have to hear it, and then I won't realize how disingenuous you are uh, with your your actual comments. So yeah. just stop tweeting, everybody. Yeah, start threading because odds are no one's going to see you there either. Because yeah, they, I heard that place is, is going the way it it's exists. Going. It does exist. Go blue sky it. Go, go, I go thought that was going to be okay, but it seems like it's just it's not. Well, it's still country club. We're still we we still uh, need uh, invites to get in there, which you know I I did and I have it and I rule. Does anybody need an invite? I got at least one. DM wow. me. I'll send you an invite. Did you just check? Yeah. No, I had three. I gave one uh, to the wife. Um, right. I I gave one to uh, my pal Jeremy Thomas from Four One One Mania, and then I I know I have a, another one left over so dm me i'll send it to you let's all go back to hive remember when that was a thing no yeah it lasted like three weeks and then people realized that 19 year olds who got bored during the pandemic and made a social media outlet is probably not um going to survive and that's i don't space for it i don't know if i was actually like on hive i'm sure i may have signed up mastodon was the one that i'm like absolutely not this seems dumb as hell tried it tried to sign up and i was like nope there's too much going on here we're out of here yeah that seemed really stupid so i was like i'm not doing that at all like go ahead i signed up for threads but there's no desktop app it seems very just not great i'm using twitter until the wheels fall off everybody um and they're falling off like they're 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 barely hanging on at this point i got tweet deck that i can't tweet from but i can at least stay up to date with the news which is helpful uh yeah it's uh it's it's something. Let's ban. Let's ban social media. Like AEW's banning moves. There. Thank you. I was waiting to do the ban so that we could transition to the banned moves. Fightful Select reported yesterday, and it was such a hot button topic that Sean had to do a live stream. I saw that. I was like, "What is going on here?" I mean, 
listen, we, we give Sean a lot of shit here, but at the same time, I thought that was probably the right way to do it. Cause, uh, there were going to be a lot of people reacting a certain way. And I saw some of the comments people were making about this entire gimmick uh, about banning moves and banning weapons and stuff. And some of the takes were as expected. Oh my God, my favorite company is dead. What happened? You didn't read it because you, you probably found an aggregated version of a two sentence tweet, and you didn't listen. You didn't read it. You don't know what's going on. So, Jeremy, let's talk about it. Is AEW dead? Are we banning AEW next? They're dead because they didn't run a video package for this banned moves list. That's what they need to do, Joel. On Dynamite, or Collision, Collision needs to open with a video package that says, we care about the safety of our AEW performers. As such, you will see less Tiger Driver 91s, less Tombstones of this variety, Less apron spots. So they that way the audience is clued in on everything that is banned. That's that's the only way I feel that this will will work for everybody. Less less high risk moves and dives and things. We we need all we need the video package on this. No, it's good. It's much better for the company because one thing that get gets lost in, in, in AEW is that the moves just don't stand out. A lot because everybody can just do a lot of cool stuff which is great and it makes for fun matches i'm like oh cool i just saw that spot five minutes ago oh why is it now just as interesting here they've needed this for a long time i'm not fully talking about like banning stuff but just like a more just getting on the same page on communication of like what's actually gonna go into the moves and everything um, so I, I think it's good. I think it's good that they're finally implementing a little bit of this and, and just getting people on the same page with agents and, and producers and stuff of what you're actually going to do in the matches. I don't think it's going to change much of anything. Honestly, I truly don't think you're going to notice this big shift of difference when it comes to AEW, especially in like the, the higher level matches. John Moxley's still going to bleed all right, Kenny Omega is still going to do like cool looking stuff, but Kingo is still going to do cool looking stuff. You're still going to have your, your tables and your tax and all of the stuff of whatever that you do in the hardcore matches. I think you just might see less of it in matches that didn't need it in the first place. Yeah. And that's the big thing is that there has been a lack or a seemingly lacking of communication between the coaches or the producers and the truck and just everyone needs to be on the same page when you're producing a wrestling show, especially when you're producing a televised wrestling show. I, all I've wanted to see since AW, you know, started building steam was that everyone is in sync and everyone is, is doing what basically this document is saying. And that is that we're talking and that is that the same finish is not going to be in the same match or the same false finish is going to be in this match. And then that same false finish from this match is going to be the actual finish of the next match. Like you can't, you can't do that. Wrestling is very much an art form in that way, that there are ways to put together matches and ways to put together stories that you can't duplicate them in other matches and basically undercut what could be in a later match. This document is, it's a safety, uh, it's a safety hub. It's an opportunity for them to say, hey, these are the type of things that we, walk, that we look out for and that we need to approve 
before we actually let our wrestlers go out there and try to do these stunts. Once they're out there and they've been given permission, it's because we trust them and they trust that they can do these safely. We're going to take every opportunity that we can to make sure that the the wrestlers or the, the talent involved are doing this safely. Things like, you know, no table ladder or chair spots in and out of the ring only allowed with padding. That feels to me like you can't rip the padding off the bottom or the, the outside and then do a table spot. Cause that, that just looks stupid now, you know, in, in 2023, it, I get that you think it's impactful, but it also just kind of makes you look like an asshole. You know, it, it just makes like you're trying to make a bigger spot out of something that's already a big spot. If you're diving off a ladder through a table, what's it going to matter if there's padding on the floor, you know, at the bottom, that's okay. The gym mats are only about an inch and a half thick to begin with. So you'll be okay. If you just leave the mats there, uh, the, there are little things that just need to be, need to be talked about. WWE had a problem for a long time of the barricade spot where everyone and their mother was doing the barricade spot. And it felt like nobody was talking in the back about when, like who gets the barricade spot, who gets to break the announce table was a big question of the hour when you got to WWE as well, who, who gets to break it. It's always the main event, but if the main event's not going to break it, then we're going to give it to this match. And that's just the way it goes because you can only set up that table so many times, just like you can only set up a big spot in a match or on a pay-per-view so many times that if you do it too many times, it completely kills the vibe of the match or the show that you're trying to put on for that. This document is just really useful and it needs to be there. And then from a health and safety standpoint, Things like the concussion protocol or at least the no no fake seizuring stuff. You and I talked about that. It felt like in the case of Brian Danielson at Forbidden Door, that may have been his way to get the doctors over to him to, to say, hey, my arm's messed up. That being said, I wouldn't be surprised if Brian was like, we're not going to do that again. Okay, let's just let's just nix that. Yeah. Put documents. Danielson's, Danielson's reading this document and he's the uh... – I forget the name of the show. He's in the hot dog outfit. We're all trying to find the guy who got this Caesar spot banned here. Exactly. And so for him, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he and a lot of wrestlers had uh, a lot of say in this, but like you said, things are largely not going to change. Um, you're still going to see Jericho and sting walk out with the bat. You're still going to see table spots. You're still going to see big moments. Blood and guts is still going to be blood and guts. You're still going to see all those things because guess what? They're going to let them do this because they trust that it will make for a story. And they trust that it will make for a big, for a better production all around. And that's okay. That being said, don't, don't, don't spit on people. Okay. Just don't, just don't spit on people. Just cut out the Canadian destroyers in every single match. That's what I take umbrage. No with. Canadian destroyers, no code reds, no so, code blues, no, is, whatever you like, call them. Th- this is my, my, uh, why I like this is because we talked about the Tiger Driver 91, right? Like we, we talked about that. And my argument is okay, was it done to, to, in a way to add to the match? I thought it was. I also, my argument was also like I'm gonna trust Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay to do this stuff, and and the, they did it. They performed it. Omega's wrestling again. Seems fine. Everything's good. Long term effects are, are going to be sort of long term effects. Kenny Omega's style, Will Ospreay's style, are going to have long term effects in and of itself. So when you do spots like that, my I my always go to is like, did this enhance the match? Was this worthwhile for this match? For that particular match, yes. 
was like, yeah, that's a cool match. This, this is why, but I don't need to see this on the opening bout of some, your, your scramble indie or whatever. Like, I don't need that. That ain't enhancing that. But I feel that way about a lot of, of this stuff when it comes to AEW matches. Dustin Rhodes is, you know, du- double or nothing upset me. He's like, Dustin Rhodes is doing the Destroyer and then Jericho's doing the Destroyer and Cole is, of course, doing it. It's like, everybody's just doing a Destroyer. Does this add anything to it? Jericho certainly, he, that his didn't look good. When Dustin does it, I'm just like, it just feels like he's doing it to just like show that he can do it at his age and pop the crowd. But it doesn't look good. And then like other people do it and it looks a lot better, but all right, I've already seen this 50 year old, 60 year old man do it. Uh, great that you can do it when you're 25. I hope so. This 60 year old can do it. So I, if it doesn't enhance the match, I don't have a lot of time for a lot of these spots. And I hope that's what it cuts down on is, is hey, you're going to go out here and do this. It looks cool, but you know, someone else later in the night might do it. It might make it look a lot better. And it, theirs will lose some impact because they've already seen it from someone who is older and who maybe didn't look it. It didn't look quite as good. So just cut down on stuff like that. And now I I think hopefully that's what this will overall do. I I don't think you're going to see this big change in AEW though. I I blame Dustin Rhodes doing the destroyer. I blame it on one man, Ricky Morton. Ricky Morton. Yeah, that's Ricky Morton at 66 was just like, I can do it. And then he started doing it. And now Ricky Morton does it in every match that he has because he wants to show that he can do it. Dustin Rose doesn't need to do it. Sky blue. It's, is part of her repertoire. Yeah. Fine. Like, need it's to fine. Be? But, what's that? Does it need to be? Does it need to be part of the Lucha Bros repertoire? I don't know. That's what ha- that you have to figure out why it's important to which wrestler or someone needs to basically advocate for their use of the, of, the spot if you know uh somebody mentioned uh bonkers nova kingo same spots every time and, and same place so this is part of the the argument of if you know there's a vikingo match later on i'm not saying these guys need to like cut down on what they do especially if they're super athletic and everything but like maybe maybe don't do a bunch of like vikingo-esque looking spots in there because he's probably going to make it look better and you're kind of blessing the impact of what he does. If you're like the first match, second match, and it's not all that important of a match, no offense, but it, if, if it's not, you know, it's, it's Vikingo potentially hold, the main event. Hold like, on. You just don't need to do these spots. Hold on. What are you talking about? It's literally called the code blue. Stop it. Isn't the code the code blue is like on the shoulders though, not it's the, the code the shoulder. red. It's the code red. It's the same. Yeah, the code red's not a destroyer though. It's it's the it's a Canadian destroyer. They're all the same flip power bomb sequence. Well, this is a flip pile driver is the destroyer. No, stop it. That's the that's the Panama Sun. I agree. I agree in the overall scheme of things, is like you don't need, hey, let's do two flip pile driver and flip power bombs on a show. Just do like one. I agree with you, but uh King of the North is correct in that. It, it's a she does the the code red, not the fucking Ian Riccoboni over here. Fuck <laughs> Kelly Kevin Kelly over here. Yeah, see, right. our, our pal Val Capone. It's a it's a variation. It's a power bomb, which is different than a pile driver. You're all variations on a theme. It's different, Joel. You're wrong as usual. No, I'm not. 
Yes. Should have asked incorrect. him to kick your ass when I had the chance. What are you? Oh, Val or me? Who are you trying to fight? Oh, you. I should have asked Darren McCarty to kick your ass when I had the chance. I was willing to fight Darren McCarty. I don't think that's true. What are you talking about? I showed up wearing this. You don't think I was ready? I think I you were ready. I, was to, walking for. I think you were ready to talk big, but you weren't ready to throw down with D Mac. I told you I I was ready, and then he was going to throw the gloves, and I was going to go kind of like this, and then yeah, he'd get five and kicked out of the game. I'd get my two minutes in the box. We get an extended power play, and we'll score. I feel like he's the one. <laughs> I feel like he's the one who's going to score, and it's going to be shorthanded. Darren McCarty scored like two goals his entire life. I'm going to bring him back just for this moment. <laughs> he scored a hat trick against Patrick Waugh. He mentioned that on the show. So I know it's more than that. But <laughs> Anyway, they're, they're all the same move. So continue, Jeremy, with your points. <laughs> now, my point is like, I think it's good. I think it's going to be better for AEW. And I don't think you're going to see that drastic of a change in the product. I really don't. I don't either. And that's okay. I think it's it's much ado about nothing in terms of the uh, the people throwing up their red flags, their OMGs. You know what? I think on BTE, you're going to see a, you know, one of the bucks come out with like a list this long to the floor. And they're going to be like, guys, we can't do this one or this one or this one. They're going to reference it too. And it's going to be funny. And I'm going to laugh, um, which is something I don't always do on BTE because Ryan Nemeth is on the show. Wow. Yeah. Shots fired. That Ryan yeah. MF. You would have too. I can't say I have like watched BT regularly. I'm, I apologize to all the elite fans out there, but I just, I, I don't have, I, I don't have time to watch all of this stuff. Like, I I listen to the interviews when they do an interview, I'll, I'll do it. But now I, I do like, I like their humor. Maybe that's, you know, people are going to be mad at me for that, but I do like that. They like poke fun at stuff and, and are sometimes petty and just do like bits and stuff. I, it's enjoyable when I do watch it. I just don't watch it all the time. Are you saying you're not a BT ear? Is that a thing? No, I'm a, a dynamite tier and dynamite. a collider. Yeah. Are you a belter? Someone in the chat had mentioned that earlier that they are a belter. What is Oh, belt for battle of the belts. Oh, I was God. like, what the hell is uh, a belter? Oh, Lord bless. If you're a BT or a, a belter. Not a BT ear. BT ears are fine. Belters. What? Do you call do you call Rampagers George Lizzie and, and Ralph? Is that what the third one is? Good reference, yeah. by the way. One of my That's favorite a, games ever. Yeah, that game ruled. Absolutely. Absolutely ruled. The fact that like they haven't done anything like a tie-in with that kind of sucks. They gotta get on that. They do. And you know what? Eventually they will. But Rampage already had a movie come out, and it wasn't very good. So someone needs to release another Rampage game. Because honestly, Rampage 64, that one was okay. I don't know if you could do another one for Switch. I feel like there's a good nostalgia feel for that game right now, where if it came out, people would be super excited for it. Does someone have Switch Online? Can you tell me if if Rampage is available on on Switch Online? Because I want to go play Rampage after this (laughs) show. I got a million things to do, but I can distract myself by playing Rampage instead. Uh, we got we got a couple shows to uh, to preview for tonight before we get off uh, we get off the air as it were. Unless there's anything else you want to add about the, the band moves and the, the the dynamite stuff in general. No, I ranted. I ranted enough. I feel like I've I've uh, made my point here. Shout out to Silesia Sparks, Alexia Nicole, Casey Spinelli, and Taylor Rising, who were all part of that uh, Adam Cole and MJF segment at the bar. 
wanted to put that out there. Dude, that stuff rules, by the way. And like, I don't know what their plan is, was, is, or anything. Like, if they were going to do the turn at the in the finals, which are this week, to set up the match whenever. They got to keep this partnership going. They they got to extend this. Yeah. Yeah. I have this weird like I go back and forth on that because I saw Trevor Damon mention that on on the Twitter. He was like, "Oh, I no, thought I had an original take." That's no, sorry, you took Trevor's. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. He he had basically mentioned you got to keep this thing going and let it go longer. And then while they're a tag team, have MJF feud with somebody else. Who that is? Yeah, no idea. Could be Roddy. You know, I don't like putting Roddy in a world title program, but if it fits the whole like I don't trust this guy now, Adam Cole's got to pick between his two best friends, then that might be fun. Where's Kyle O'Reilly? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how how uh, close Kyle O'Reilly is to a return or anything, but yeah, it, Cole can just kind of not be by the wayside here, but play in that second position. They could honestly just go after the tag titles. Where you know they can win this tournament. And they could go after the tag titles with, with FTR. I'm not even opposed. They, or maybe they face Bullet Club if Bullet Club happens to win the titles uh, tomorrow, which I don't, I don't think they will. But uh, they, they could they could go there. Maybe this is how you get the MJF CM Punk stuff on track. If MJF and Adam Cole win this tournament, they feud with FTR. CM Punk kind of gets in there. There's already the tie-in of Punk had saying he never lost the belt everything and cole is still he's there supporting mjf while cm punk's got his got his friends especially if you potentially turn punk uh, if in the ricky stuff tomorrow if he beats up um if he beats up ricky so mj like mjf is baby facing right now so you got a clearly defined heel cm punk with, with ftr and you got a baby facing MJF and Adam Cole. I think there's a there's good money there. There's there's good there's a good feud there. The thing is though, the problem is MJF is not baby facing at all. He's just be, he's being an over the top yeah, like rules. I know, but he's being a caricature of a baby face. Would I like to see Adam Cole get the like not basically see the turn coming from a mile away and get ahead of it? Yeah, I'd love to see that. I think that'd be funny. It's not a double turn, but it's more like a, I knew you were going to try this stuff. So I got me, you know, a title match instead for all out. Whatever the whatever they do, I just don't want to see, you know, uh, Adam Cole look like an idiot at the end by getting turned on. Yeah, I, I agree that Adam Cole, because he's so far, he's been smarter when it comes to this stuff. Like he, he's kind of up to MJF's tricks and everything. Maybe if you do have it go on and on, you can extend it or you can buy it more that MJF could just turn on him and, and Cole not see it coming because Cole just, he happens to be, I know you don't want to dumb baby face everybody, but look, Sting made a career out of being a dumb baby face and he's done well for himself. So Cole like actually really starts to get. It finally happened. It happened to me last night during the Impact show, by the way. We're going to see if Jeremy comes back. If it doesn't, then I will preview the rest of the shows by myself. He's very frozen. It looks great. He looks like he's having an argument with himself. 
and I'm here too. I'm just going to give you the NPR version, the NPR notes of Jeremy Lambert being very angry or just very like into it. Jeremy, will you come back to us? Jeremy, can you hear me? No, Mr. Jeremy, no. Okay. You know what? If Jeremy comes back, great. Let's just, uh, we'll preview collision because that's happening tonight. Let's go to allywrestling.com. Let's bring this up. Okay, this is important stuff. AEW. Oh, he's back. I hear him in the background. Jeremy, talk to me. No, he's gone. Okay. What's going on in collision tonight? There he's back. I can I can hear you. I cannot see you. That's fine. I can hear you. Okay. Um the power we just lost power and so I had to flick over to my hotspot which it's not great on uh collision on is absolutely it. tonight by the way. Totally happening tonight. Yeah, what is wrong with you, Joel? Night collision. It's tonight. Game over, man. My brain is just blue screened out. <laughs> I can't see you, so I have no idea what your reactions are. But my reaction is laughter. Go ahead, keep talking. I don't have any. I, I, we lost power, and now I'm have a, a, a hot spot that's not very good. Well, it wasn't so good at all because he just completely lost it. Okay, yeah. Listen, I know that uh, collision is Saturday. I messed up. Okay, it's been a long day, and it's only eleven fifty nine. So colliders unite. We'll have a good night. Battle of the Belts is also on Saturday night. Uh, SmackDown, really the only announced match is the women's championship match, Bianca Belair and Asuka, which I'm sure will lead to a triple threat. And there's tons of stuff on, on, on a, uh, Go Colliders, go go check the AW socials. Uh, I'm going to get out of here because you know what? It's been it's been a long morning and I got, I got a lot of love for y'all. I'm going to be back on the main channel on uh, Saturday after Slammiversary with Steven Jensen talking about Impact Slammiversary. And of course, all the other stuff is going on. Uh, I need I, It's only noon. I need to go to bed. It's true. That's what I'm going to do. So uh, go follow us here. Leave a thumbs up on the channel and uh, subscribe to us here at Five All Over Book because that's going to go a long way. And uh, for Jeremy Lambert and for myself, uh, I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.